You're listening to Voices in the Library, a podcast by Austin Community College Library Services in Austin, Texas. I'm Alexander Speedson. And I'm Dave Wilson. Dave and I are faculty librarians at ACC. Together we talk with a diverse group of authors, artists, and thinkers from both the Austin community and the world at large to hear their stories, discuss the role of research in their life and work, and find out how they're using information to create new projects. Today we're joined by librarian and author Red Wasenick. Red was a librarian at ACC for over 30 years, where he was instrumental in developing ACC's information literacy programming. But Red is probably best known as the creator of the Keep Austin Weird movement and the author of two popular books, Keep Austin Weird, A Guide to the Odd Side of Town, and the follow-up, Keeping Austin Weird. Red, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. So, Red, uh, you started as a librarian in 1984, and one of our questions is, how did you see research change during your time as a librarian? Well, the most obvious thing is the Internet didn't exist when I started. Uh, That makes for lots of changes. (laughs) Yeah, it it was a funny thing to happen in a career, the Internet. Um, uh, So it was largely paper-based. It was much more hand-holding, you know, using things like reader's guide uh, in paper form, which most people never even heard of now, um, because you'd have to look up an article and then figure out if the library subscribed to the issue. I mean, it was was torturous. Actually, when I first started, uh, it was interesting. We had one online computer terminal Mm -hmm. at the reference desk, behind the reference desk, that only the librarians could use because, you know, it was too weird for the students, but it was actually really good. It was, I think it was called Research Helper, something like that, uh-huh. but it, it was actually quite good, um, surprisingly. And then, of course, we got uh, into CD-ROMs, the, having the periodical information delivered on those, so we had this tower of like 20 CDs that we'd have to reload every month, and the switch over from print-based to uh Online was, of course, the monumental change in my career. Uh-huh. And in, in some ways, it, in terms of information literacy, it was kind of ironic because um, one of the things I really tried to push in information literacy was getting away from just teaching how to use tools yeah. to analyzing information and mm-hmm. evaluating it because that's ultimately the point of why we do all this stuff. We've really been able to, uh, I think, switch over more to teaching them analytical skills uh, rather than just procedural stuff. And God knows it's more and more important. You know, the, you just hear that all the time. People just believe everything they see online and so on. People think they have analytical skills, but as we all know, they're pretty uh, scarce, really. So we have to be more proactive in trying to go out and integrate into the academic curriculum, I think. So, uh, Red, you coined the phrase, keep Austin weird. How did that come about? Uh, it fell out of my mouth, and I was uh, <laughs> making a donation to a local uh, all-volunteer nonprofit radio station called Co-op. And during the lounge show, which was my favorite show and which is happily still on, and this was way back in 2000, and so I was called in to make a donation, and the person said, well, why are you donating to this show? And I said, it helps keep Austin weird. <laughs> and I, a little click in my head. And so I mentioned it to my wife, said, I like this phrase. And she said, well, let's get bumper stickers. So she did. And I got the website, and it very, very slowly took off. So 
how did how did it come about this idea of turning that into a book? The you know your original book, Keep Austin Weird. Uh, a publisher called me up, and said you want to write a oh, book. Oh, someone contacted you. <laughs> yeah, there was actually a bit of serendipity. There was an article about, gosh, this must have been like two thousand five. So it was starting to you know get yeah traction uh, in town, and uh, the editor from this publisher. Um, had seen an article that was in the Southwest Airlines travel magazine uh, on Isn't it weird the way that, <laughs> about it. And so she read it and said, well, that could be a book. And uh, so she called me up. I said, okay. And uh, the rest is sadly history. The rest is history. So once you, you knew that you were going to work on this book, how did you, what was your process? How did you go about identifying and finding the kinds of weird things that you wanted to include in the book? I actually got up off my ass and went around town and looked at stuff and took pictures. Um, you, you hit the pavements and... Uh, yeah, and, and it was the same with the second book, with the second edition of it. It's like, God, I don't know, is Austin still weird? And uh, maybe I've called my own bluff by saying I'd do another edition. And But, you know, once I got out and would go out and participate... There's still stuff. There out were plenty there. of new weird things yeah. in the yeah. second book. Well, and sadly, a lot of the, a lot old, of the uh, old ones are gone. They're yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. And when you were doing your research, did you use any zany, unconventional research methods, or you know, outside the box ways of research? Um, not particularly. I hadn't thought about that. You know, talking to people. I mean, once you get the reputation, people come to you, kind of. That's um, interesting. So, because you were the right. Keep Austin Weird guy and you're working on this book and you've had yeah, the first you've heard one about published, the new do you get emails and uh, yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. Phone calls and emails with people right. saying, I've got something next time you do. Right. you got to put my friend's weird. And I've, I've house been very it. lazy about uh, updating the website in that I haven't updated the website. Um, but I used to, you know, would say, kind of, here's current weird stuff, you know, so. Uh, I was on top of it more, but I'm old now. And so instead of the stuff we originally were talking about, you know, traditional research methods <laughs> and the indexes and the computer databases and whatever, this came down to like pounding the pavements, taking pictures, talking to people. Well, you like. know, when you look at something uh, like I don't know the Austin Chronicle or even the Statesman, you know, your my eye would kind of go for the, the oddball stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Once you start looking for something, you start seeing it, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I miss plenty, I'm sure. I do now, especially now that I, I'm not exactly a, a spring chicken and I don't hang around the latest clubs and that sort of thing. So. Out of all the research you did, what's, what's your favorite story from both books? Three. Well, uh, when I was working on the, the second edition, uh, there is a actually now closed uh, Graffiti Park over on just off Lamar. Oh, I was going to mention this. Yeah. Fantastic place. It opened about, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. Um, And so I was there taking pictures for the the new edition, and this woman walked up, young woman, uh, wearing a Keep Austin Weird T-shirt. And uh, so I said, went up to her and said, you're probably not going to believe this, but I'm the guy who came up with <laughs> to keep us the weirdest. What would you think if you're standing there and someone... <laughs> Great pickup line. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's the weirdest and she was, Austin... She, she was a young, very attractive woman. Yeah. Um, and uh, But strangely, she believed me. Um, and it turned out that she was there with her boyfriend, and they both had on Keep Austin weird t-shirts. 
and they had just flown in from Paris. They were French, uh-huh. and had bought the T-shirts at our airport, and that was the first place they went. They went straight from the airport to the graffiti park, and you know, you're bringing there people I was to our taking city. a picture. They heard the, the slogan. They, so they, that, they, that was I love that story. So because uh, it sounds like. Um, you got a chance to talk to a lot of people in making this. That, and I, I, at least I have the sense as I'm looking through the book and looking at the photos and your your captions and remarks and stuff like that. That it, it seems like there are a lot of anecdotes and and good conversations that came out of yeah. putting this together. It, it seems like a book full of stories, and it feels like Red Wasnick is kind of by my side, you know, as a guide, leading yeah. me through town. I, I like I, that. I had to make a point of uh, not sitting there and just complaining about oh back Austin used to be more you know I mean the whole slogan keep Austin weird has a certain nostalgic negativity to it almost you know it's like used to be better um, which of course I think is true we have talked a little bit about your work do, you know with students doing academic research and we've talked a little bit about the somewhat more unconventional approach of like talking to people and hitting the pavements and getting their stories and putting this mm-hmm. book together are there any common threads between these different kinds of research that you see? I mean, what is there anything that stays the same um, in both realms? Well, actually, uh, whenever students came in the library like to do a formal yeah. research paper on something local, it was always like, "Oh, this is going to be harder." You know, I have had because so many of the mm-hmm. sources are national. They want to get really specific and really local. Yeah, it's like. How many poodle trimming parlors are there in Austin? You know. Um, so if you get that question, <laughs> is that one where you would refer them to talk, actually talk to people at all? Or yeah, you, uh, I mean, if you find one poodle trimmer, they probably they're, they're on a they're network. To the you network. Know? <laughs> the so, matrix of poodle. Yeah. Yeah, and so once I knew one weirdo, they'd say, you know. Hey, Scott over here has a backyard full of mannequins. Well, actually, that's connecting them to experts on the topic that they're looking for in the same way you look for experts on the weird. And, of course, you know, doing a book, you actually want to go there and take a picture and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's it's a little more hands-on. And what about in, in 2019, you know, with this current information landscape, you know, what advice do you have for ACC students? Um. Be skeptical, you know, that, that whole information evaluation thing, I can't stress the importance of that enough uh-huh. these days. You know, it's just mind-boggling, the variety and the lack of quality control that people have to deal with now. So um, thank you so much for joining sure. us yeah, today, Red. You, Red. Um, we loved hearing your stories about Keep Austin Weird and, um, and your experience as a librarian and researcher and um, best of luck to you. And we, I hope you do another edition of the book at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we getting a thumbs down on that? Are you done with it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, in, in terms of being active, you know, I love the fame and fortune. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry we can't provide any yeah, fortune for you. No for one has. <laughs> uh, but I'd really like to pass it along to someone to kind of like, here, do that mm-hmm. website. It could be Keep all sorts website. of interesting things Keep finding and I'm not stuff. interested in doing that so. Mm-hmm. so if you know any promising young weirdos yeah. Red is on the search for promising young weirdos <laughs> yes. thank you Red thank you Red you're welcome you've been listening to Voices in the Library Voices in the Library is produced by Austin Community College Library Services in Austin, Texas until next time this is Dave Wilson and I'm Alexander Spitzin thank you for listening <laughs> <laughs>